This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's <laughs> entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a and show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. I know you should escape my sight, but those who worship you this might be where my power green lantern lies. I've the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Across the Airways DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews, cut all the imaginative content. DC Comics provides for its fans, including comic books, Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11, movies, and cartoon shows. And I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. And with me is the most infamous member, cover across the airwaves core, our very own... Michael J. Petty. And Michael, would you like to tell everyone what we're doing on this mini-episode of the DC Nation podcast, just to remind you guys that we're all still here. <laughs> Absolutely, Dan. On this week's episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will be, first of all, explaining what we are going to be doing for the next few episodes of the DC Nation podcast yes. and where we are going to be going uh, with this podcast just in general over the summer. After that, we will be covering the last three chapters of Smallville Season 11 episode Argo and the first two chapters of the latest Smallville Season 11 special story, Hollow. Guess which Michael also has reviewed at the Superman homepage. Yes, those are online now on the on the front page. So go check them out, guys. For our amazing friend of the podcast, Steve Eunice. Dun da da da. Yes, we're giving Steve a shout out. That's awesome. That's for the yep. good time he showed you at comic. I mean, got the Superman celebration. <laughs> yep. Yes. Not Comic Con. Right. And and again, that was our last episode. If you guys still remember us here. Got the DC Nation podcast. Yeah, that was our Metropolis episode. That was a good episode. That's fun. Yes. I almost thought about starting out this podcast going, Kai, remember us? Yeah. Yeah. That should maybe be the title of this week's episode. I think so. But it is, it's like we are back, guys, but we're not going to be back again after being back now for like two more weeks. <laughs> yes. Basically, what it's been is. I've been out of town. Michael's been out of town. It's been hard to keep up with all this DC content, us being out of town so much. Kind of, I, mean, I know we're keeping the regular ATA coming out to you guys, and that's a great thing. And come, we did some stuff on Man of Steel and other stuff to hold you guys over. So the DC stuff is still coming out to you guys. It's just coming out at different places. God, we'd like to get this podcast back going, especially now that Beware of the Batman has come out. Yes, and we will be doing an episode on the first two episodes. Yes. Uh, when you get back from your vacation. Yes, sir. And we will also be covering the latest two T- Teen Titans Go as well, so don't worry, that show isn't getting shafted because we do think that is pretty hilarious, and we will continue with Smallville for sure. But we just wanted to do this one to explain to you guys what's going on and to get caught up with Smallville. And we're also going to have a Comic-Con episode going over all the news that came out of Con. Um, comic-con regarding dc comics yeah so there may be an episode where or a week where two episodes of dc nation come out in the same week yeah and that second episode might be filled with rants yeah but i don't think dc is coming out with any news that's going to make us angry this year at comic-con and wonder woman what well it's all right really what grant morrison doing the wonder woman thing no, I meant Superman Wonder Woman, the new ongoing series. Oh, yeah, but we already knew about that. Yeah, but they'll probably give us more info on it at Comic-Con. Yeah, and people either love or hate that. I think more hate than love, but that's just me. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're on the, the side of why are they doing this? <laughs> we're on the side of Brian Q. Miller is going to be doing it right next week with Olympus. Yes, yes, but I, I still believe firmly... The Wonder Woman Superman thing is not going to last. He's going to end up with Lois at some point soon. That's what the future of the New 52 universe is, according to uh, the Superboy book. Yes. And apparently... To get her head out of her butt. 
apparently, Dan, in the Superboy annual, uh, Clark and Lois's son from the future is going to come back and fight Connell. Interesting. Yeah, and the rest of the Titans. Huh. So I'm interested to see where that goes and why. Yeah, there's a little too much time travel going on right now in that book. Because <laughs> Superman books. In general. Yeah, it's it's Superman's sci-fi thing, but... Yeah, because you're, you're eating hell on Earth, aren't you? Yes. The most yeah. time travel they should do in a, in a Superman book is going to visit the Legion. <laughs> and that's it. We're good. Or sending the world back, back around. No, it's just for a movie. I know, I'm kidding. Especially two movies. Depending on which version of Superman 2 you go by. So, for us, two movies. Right. But not, enough about the other Superman incarnations. We're going to talk about the Smallville one now, right? Uh, yeah. And and what number and chapter of Argo are we on starting out? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> I think, no, it's chapter 51 through 53 okay. of the last th- three chapters of Argo. That's what we're going to be reviewing now. And then, of course, 54 and 55 are the first two of Hollow. So we're going to start with, what, Argo Chapter 8. So that's where we are now. So we're going to start talking now about Small Little Season 11, Argo Chapter 8. Booster escapes. But will his best friend and trusty robot Skeets be available to help stop EarthGov from launching an attack on New Krypton? Argo, part 8 of 9. And at this point, basically it starts out Booster's... Is he getting tortured at this point? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think he's getting tortured and then they leave him for a minute and he escapes. Okay. So we're at that. We're yeah. We're at that point. Booster's getting tortured. They've just they've damaged Skeets. It's not a good situation. They're basically telling him he's a nobody, and he gets angry and escapes. Yep. And so that's going on. Meanwhile, basically, Clark finds out news that Doomsday is back, and it freaks him out quite a bit. Yep. And so he's freaked out about this. Not a good situation. And, um, you know, they talk about his history with Doomsday. Because I think there was some pretty decent flashbacks of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he basically rushes back as fast as he can in New Krypton. Yeah. And starts fighting. And then he asks everyone else to help him. Exactly. All the Kryptonians, and then they do. And then, like, what is it, the last panel, I think? No, not the last panel, but one of the last panels is uh, Clark and a bunch of other Kryptonians, or Kandorians, I should say, uh, fighting Doomsday. But then we find out something else happens, because EarthGov doesn't just attack um, New Krypton. They also attack Metro- – uh, New Krypton is also attacked Metropolis, and they send a gravity bomb – uh, towards Earth, and eventually it ends in Metropolis, and people start getting sucked into it. It was almost kind of like in Man of Steel with the Phantom Zone thing. Yeah. So that happens. <laughs> yeah. They're freaking out. Yeah. Got and then we... Go ahead. Can I, I've got to say about this comic, it was cool seeing all the Legion together. You know, in yeah. space and fighting and in, in big frames together. So that was really neat stuff. Yep. And I think we had everybody, didn't we? Yeah, just about. Every uh, main Legion member, yeah, for sure. Okay. The most well-known ones, that's for sure. Again, uh, you know, Booster also had a very scary moment because this episode where he almost lost Skeets. And I think they understood how much their friendship meant to each other or how much Skeets meant to Booster, I thought, on this story. Yeah, let's just hope they don't pull a new 52, or a, not new 52, but a 52 on us makes Skeets go bad. Yeah. But I also liked how they used Saturn Girl in this 
story too when she was with Clark. Yeah, to communicate. Well, and Clark. And Clark to be able to get that message to inspire the people of New Krypton to fight and use their powers. Mm -hmm. That was really neat. Again, that was kind of um, borrowed from New Krypton. The, yeah. the story arc in the comics. Where yep. they killed Doomsday. Well, <laughs> can't really kill Doomsday, but yeah. I, I thought they killed that version because I thought it was a clone or something. Maybe. Maybe it was, actually. You might be right. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, and this was a big moment for Clark. This is one of those moments where he stood up and inspired people. Yeah. And we've seen that he's become the character, you know, that he worked 10 years to develop into. Yeah. And I wish we could hear Tom Welling give this speech. Because it would be pretty awesome. Yes, and just it'd be right up there at the one in uh, Salvation. And, and the artist, excellent job of all the fight scene shots going after yep. Doomsday. I feel like a lot yeah. of this is what they would have wanted to do with season eight and couldn't do. Mm hmm. Due to effect issues. Yep. For sure. Well, and really, props to Daniel HDR on this artwork, because it's just great. Yes. Great. Yeah. Excellent and stuff. It's probably my favorite artwork I've seen on this comic so far. Quite honestly, I think I, I really like Pierre Perez's from uh, Guardian. His was very good. And the guy who did, George Dominez, who did uh, Haunted, was also very good. But I think this is probably my favorite. Yeah. Do you really got the look of the characters right? Yeah. And I mean, he he really made Rock Crin look like how he did in the show. Cosmic yeah. Boy. I thought so. Really got the actors like this right. Yeah. And even with Brainiac. I mean, it's a younger James Marsters, but, but it still looks like him. Well, you could get away with that because it's a robot. Right. Yeah. I agree right. with that. All right. So that's basically where that chapter ends. Yes. And then for the final part of Argo. Yes. And that's As 52. 53. Okay, that's issue 53, Cargo chapter 9. Yes. And we're going to move on to that. And so, Michael, take it away with the summary. As the Legion scrambles to save everyone from disaster, Kara pleads with members of the of EarthGov for a ceasefire. Can these enemies work together long enough to save the world? Argo, part nine of nine. God, this issue starts out with uh, Booster and Skeets aboard a freighter trying to escape from the EarthGov guys that captured them. Yep. And... Um, this is interesting. I like Skeet's opening line here, where he tells uh, uh, Booster that this might be a time where Steely could be heroic, which is funny and kind of ironic since basically Booster became a hero by stealing. So that was good. <laughs> yep. And then, yeah, so he steals that shuttle to go help save people in Metropolis from the gravity bomb with the Legion. Okay, the gravity bomb is interesting how it works. How it basically just lifts people into the air towards the yeah. fiery abyss. Which is a crazy way to go out. But helpful <laughs> well, for the heroes. Huh? It's helpful for the heroes because they can grab all the people. Yeah, that's true. Or just open windows in their space shuttle. It helps people save people better than it does actually kill them. Yeah, because it's slow and it floats them upward. Wow, this would have made things a lot easier in a Cry for Justice on everybody. Yeah, no. <laughs> <Connect> that comic. <laughs> With Star City. Yes. Oh, too bad. Ollie's grand granddaughter would have been saved, too. Yep. Poor Liam. 
and then Supergirl gets really commanding. Yeah, she takes charge. And I've never, I've never seen um, Laura Vandervert give a commanding, like, kind of military leader performance. So it would have been interesting to see her play this episode. I think that's where it might have gotten in, like, V Season 3 if that show hadn't been canceled. Okay. I feel we would have gotten something like that just because of the death of her boyfriend in that finale. Yeah. But I that's enough. That. <laughs> but but yeah, so I think she was intentionally hired on that show for that reason. That she was yeah. Supergirl. Well she was yeah, she was totally like after she was Supergirl on Smallville, Laura Vandervoort was really recognized as an actress. Yes. And now she's not anything right now. No, she's she has a new show. Oh she does. It's called Bitten. It's a werewolf show, I believe. It's coming out uh, in the fall. Oh. But she's, yeah, shooting that. She's the main character on that. Is that on CW? I don't know what that's on. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. It's weird her being a werewolf. That sounds hey, kind of cheesy. She's going to be everything before her career is over. Well, I see, it sounds like it's going to be a Vampire Diaries kind of Teen Wolf kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of a step down from V. Space Channel. That's kind of wild. It is definitely a step down from V. But yeah, oh, I guess it's a Canadian show. So Space Channel is doing it. Oh, that might be pretty legit. My track record uh, with Canadian shows has been good so far. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, with Continuum. But it's a it's an original series based on Kelly Armstrong's Women of the Other World series of novels. Hmm. Interesting. So it looks like Laura Vandervoort is the main she is the lead as Eleanor Michaels, and she's the world's only female werewolf. That's wild. So yeah, it's a thirteen episode series so far. Interesting. Yeah, that could actually be pretty good. Yeah, if it's like Underworld kind of stuff, that'd be cool. That's what it sounds like it's going to be, so cool. I hope so. Me I too. hope so. Keep an eye on that <laughs> I might one. check out that pilot. So all you small yes. fans out there should go uh, support Laura Vandervoort in her career, just like you support Jensen Ackles and his if you watch Supernatural, and if you don't, well, don't listen to us anymore because you should. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it is a favorite. Yes, I have a feeling Wu is going to watch Ben. I have a feeling he'd only watch Ben if he knew about it. I don't think he knows about it. What if he finds I out? Only know, he will. Like, I'm, I only know about it because I have a huge crush on Laura Vandervoort. Yes. Other than that, I probably wouldn't either. Well, moving on back to the comic. An interesting thing happens here. The big, mean, nasty Earth Gov who has been mean throughout the whole series. Changes their tune. God decides to help the Legionnaires. Save everybody from the gravity bomb. Yeah. Wow, it takes Not- Doomsday and someone to try and blow up Metropolis to get these guys to come around. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot of convincing. No kidding. A little late, guys. <laughs> Just a, just a little bit, but yeah. So uh, they they end up uh, saving people in Metro- everyone in Metropolis, which is good because they save more people in Metropolis than Superman did in Man of Steel. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then we go back to Clark, who's currently flying Doomsday towards the sun yes. because he thinks it's the only way they'll be able to uh, destroy him or keep him contained at least. Cause I mean, obviously he doesn't want to kill doomsday. He's still a living creature, yes. but he, he, knows it, he knows it won't kill him. It'll just keep him there. Yeah. And it's probably a better place than where he put him the first time. Yeah. Uh, underneath the city. Well, he couldn't fly that time. So that would make sense. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, now he's flying towards the sun. Well, and what I liked about it real quick before you go there. I did like how he had that conversation with Southern Girl. 
Yeah. Where he's like, this isn't going to end well. Do this. And she. Yep. Yep. Because she's like, I'm a telepath. I already know what needs to be done. Because I like how she had that one tear come out. That yep. one drawing. That was just great. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Brilliant. Very good. And I have to say, they really did a nice job of drawing um, the different team members' costumes. Oh, yeah. They they all have something on them that, like, flow in the wind and stuff. So it just it seems like a really realistic idea. It really yeah. captures, like, the flying experience. Especially with sure. girl's costume. Yeah, with the jacket. Yeah, it's a very different costume for her, but it works, and the cape idea is really cool. Yeah. And it, it, it gives her a little bit more of a maturity. Yeah. You know? And if you, look, if you look like in the print issue, like there's behind-the-scenes sketches of her costume, and they show like the jacket, or, or I guess her not wearing the jacket, and then okay. her wearing the jacket. Interesting. It's actually the way that they did it. Well, normally they always try to draw Supergirl's costume very skimpy. Like, kind of how the, the new 52 version is. And I, yeah. I, I like this one because it just shows her maturity and that the character has grown up throughout the show. So that's a cool idea, too. Good thought yeah. process. Add something visually different, which is cool. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, like you said, Clark knows that it's not going to end well. He doesn't think he's going to be able to escape Earth's gravity. Although if Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern film could do it, I think he could. But but again, the <laughs> last time he fought Doomsday, it didn't end well. Right. And I think he was scared of that. Right. I think this is a big boost for his confidence that he did win this fight. Yeah, for sure. But he, But basically, he thinks this is going to be his end. And what happens is, just like uh, what the Justice League did for Flash and the Justice League Unlimited uh, finale, Divided We Fall, the Legion does, the Legion and Kara does for uh, for Clark, and they do this whole line of people, like a buoy line almost, kind of, yeah. uh, to save And it's pretty sweet. Like, okay. you see all the Legion members hanging on. They're like, you're our inspiration. Your legend isn't over. We're saving your life. We need you. Coin Smallville's always been about that. It's always been about yeah. the people around Clark that's made him Superman. That makes him strong, and this was just another beautiful example of that. Yeah. Okay, and show that he could do it beyond Smallville. Outside of Smallville. Yep. Because these are people in the future that some of them have never really seen him before or connected with him before. Cup close and personal, and the fact that that's still there, that's a really cool thing. And now they can all say that they have. Exactly. I would I would really like like to see a Smallville season eleven special story for the Legion, and basically them going through all the times and adventures they've had with Superman. That would be cool. Just to show how many times he's been there, how many times he's helped them, how many like that but they're he's actually not been friends. there a lot of times though. Right. As no, far as we I know. Smallville continuity. Okay. Right. Right. I no, I don't think he has. But like in the future. Yeah. They could do something like that to show that. Yeah, this isn't the only time he's been here. He's been here after Argo. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And I love the shot after they all fly away from the sun. That's his classic Legion. Yes. Just and I'm a big fan, so I, I really enjoyed this whole arc. I know a lot of people who are Smallville or even Superman fans didn't, and that's right. fine. But as a big Legion fan, I really like this arc. It's it's a little out there for the casual Smallville fan. Right. They're like, where sure. is this coming from? And this is way too superhero heavy that ever that Smallville would ever be. But I think, you know, it, things have evolved to this point. Once he becomes Superman, these things are going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, deal with and it or get the, off the boat. The Legion are its friends just as much as the Justice League are. Right. And that's something I really like that Jeff Johns really highlighted in his Superman run. 
Because even if you go back and read Superman 700, which is a co- collection of a bunch of stories by a bunch of Superman authors or yeah. writers, I should say, there's this uh, short story that Jeff Johns and Gary Frank did where basically Lois invites the Legion over for dinner because she goes, they're your friends. You should hang out with them. That's awesome. And there's this big long panel of them all in their apartment. It's hilarious. I, but I love it because that's that's the Legion. Well, that's the Legion who they're supposed really to be cool. to Superman. You know, people don't, when they read those comics, or at least look at the drawings, they they forget that they're normal people, too. You know, that's yeah. what makes... If you give the Legion comic a chance, you'll see that the dialogue and stuff is really fun, you know? They're, they're, they're very... Uh, they, the comics do a good job of reminding you that they're normal people, even though it takes place in a really outrageous world. Yeah. That's what I like about the comics. So, I mean, if you don't know about this Legion stuff and you're like, whoa, where's this coming from? If you sit down and read some of the comics, especially the dialogue, you'll be connected with it because they're really just people like us. It's just they live in a little more uh, sci-fi oriented world. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that a good assumption on the, the Legion there, Michael? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is from a guy who's read classic Legion from the Silver Age to 80s Legion to Great Darkness Saga to the Legionnaires from the 90s up till now. And that that really does sum it up pretty perfectly, folks. I want to give it a good pitch there to get people to read it. Because I was always kind of weirded out by it. And then finally I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet and read some of this. And it's actually pretty good. Yeah. I have a harder time with some of the more classic stuff, but that's just me. It's, it's It really is more of a family-oriented book, I think. Yeah. Because whereas the Justice League, a lot of the times it's just heroes coming together for big threats, the Legion really, like, they live together. They pretty much grow up together. They do everything together. It's kind of more like together. an X-Men situation. It really is. It's really the X-Men of the future. So it's really kind of X-Men with Guardians of the Galaxy with the future, really. That's kind of what the Legion is. God, if you need a good gateway, I don't know how if you could track it down, but God, the Legion of Superheroes animated series is a very good gateway to get you into everything. So you kind of know who the characters are, what's going on. And if you uh, want to read like Legion um, books, like comic books, I, I can only recommend, besides Argo here, I can only recommend three, no, four, excuse me, really good Legion stories that people would like. Uh, the first one being Legion of Superheroes, The Great Darkness Saga, which is absolutely fantastic. They fight Darkseid, and it has a really weird ending, but it's it's really cool. Um, then there's a three-part uh, origin, or origin Legion trilogy that um, Jeff Johns did, and it starts with Superman and the Legion of Superheroes from Action Comics, then it's uh, Justice League of America, That's Justice good... Society of America, yep. uh, the the uh, Lightning Saga, and then That's after that good. it ends. Yeah, I know it's so good. Then it ends with uh, Final Crisis: Legion of Three Worlds, and that's Jeff Johns' uh, three trilogy uh, Legion story. And that's and if you read that all the way through in one singular uh, fashion, it's a very good story. And then finally, uh, a recent series by Paul Levitz it ran six issues: Legion of Superheroes: Secret Origin. It's fantastic. Yes. Again, and just because Final Crisis. Kind of, we've said on our podcast we don't like Final Crisis because the story is weird. It's written by Grant Morrison. Uh, read Legion of Three Worlds because it's the part of the story I really liked. Kind it's separate from what's going on in Final Crisis at all. Yeah, it, it really has, it has the title of Final Crisis, but it's really not a Final Crisis story. Yeah, it's a lead story, and it's by Jeff Johns. So definitely check it out. And uh, going back to the comic. Copter Superman saves the day. Sorry about the sidebar there, Dan. I know. The Legion stuff's cool. And then, okay, this comic's about the Legion, so we might as well give a good sales pitch to them because I think that was Brian's intention to well with the comic. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because the next scene we go to, uh, it's Clark and this woman is running after her uh, son who keeps running away. Uh, the son is, of course... 
turns out to be Barry. I mean, not, Bart. Bar Bart, sorry, not Barry. Bart. And what I was Bart going, going to say about that, here's why I said Barry is, I feel like Clark needs to meet Barry soon because his reaction to seeing Bart in the future running into what eventually will become his friend Bart, uh, Clark ends up kind of crying at the end of the scene. He sheds a tear. Yeah. And so I, I really think he needs to meet Barry Allen to kind of see that Flash lives on. Or that hero lives on. Well, not only that, but I think he should also meet Barry because Barry is technically Bart's grandfather. That's true, too. Because I think he, he misses that kind of friend. The, the friend that the people in the Allen family have a tendency to be. Yeah. But a little fun, nice little play. Got a great move for the fans, though, where Brian doing that, though. And it finally explains that Bart is Bart and yeah. not Barry. So I'm glad we at least have that explanation. I would have preferred to be Barry, but, you know. And that might also be a good character arc that occurs throughout the season. Because Clark feeling guilty about that death. Could have to get over that. Yeah, I, I think so. And understanding that people in his profession could die. Yep. Well, I mean, I think we saw that with Hawkman, though. I do think we saw that with Hawkman. But Bart was so much younger. Yeah, and I guess he was more friends with Bart. Yeah. Closer with Bart, I should say. And and, and again, there's still that thought in the back of their mind that, well, Hawkman can come back. Yep. Which I hope we get to see the seeds of that get planted before season um, 11 comes to an end, but we'll see. Bart can come back, too. That's Bart's right. not out of the picture. Technically, he could have gone into the Speed Force. Right, and they, they could do that, too, because they've done that before. With Bart, actually. Yeah. And then it ends, basically, with uh, Clark and Brainiac saying goodbye. And EarthGov is kind of making the one guy that was behind called the xenophobia the scapegoat. They're kind of brushing everything else underneath the rug. Like they weren't involved. So that still means that the Legion has a fight to deal with, but I think that will be come left to our own imagination as I think Brian's going to want to take things back to our time in Metropolis, at least for a little while. Yeah. But things are good with Decrypton, so that was good. They finally have reached a place where I think they're happy campers. I hope. Yeah. That Earth, yeah. That Earth come is doing the right thing by helping people rebuild. For sure. For sure. And then Clark gets uh, Booster's ring. Yep. <laughs> Which was kind of amusing, so that way he, Booster can get the ring in the, the museum. Which means that eventually Booster's going to have to get a new ring. Yes. Although I'm assuming Brainiac 5 probably gave him a new one. Right. Because I think Booster might not want to time travel for a little while. Yeah. Same I with really Clark. wish that, though, with him being thrown into the time train. Yeah. I think that would have been fun. Exactly, yeah. That would have been fun. But I, I think he may have a role to play good future parts of the series. Yeah. And hopefully we get to see more between him and Ted Kord. Yes. That would be a fun one-shot one story yes. or, or special story. And I love Clark's line here when he says goodbye to Brainiac. Come out. Tip, I mentioned how much I hate time travel. And Brainiac's like, that's the beauty of it. You still will. <laughs> Great time travel joke. Loved it. I know. Good stuff. Yeah. And I think that's how most of the cast of Continuum feels, but that's just me. I think that's how uh, Marty McFly feels. And then there's some just great <laughs> shots here. Cup Supergirl kind of in space. Um, it's it's the new barn scene just floating above the planet. Where yeah. we're going, we don't need a barn anymore. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need barn. 
But really, this felt like a barn scene, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. Again, uh, you know, Clark's trying to get Kara to come back. And Kara's like, you know what? I'm going to stay here because there aren't people telling me what to do. But she does want to come back for Chloe's baby shower. Yes. So hopefully we'll get to see that. The special. Yeah. So she's going to time travel for that. Shower gets wrecked by some villain. That'd be sweet. We get like Stargirl, Supergirl, Lana, all of them paired up. Yeah. Although Lana has no more power, so leave her be. No one cares about her anymore. Great. But I, I, I'm glad that um, Kara ended in a decent place this time. Yeah. Not like, oh, nobody likes me, so I have to go to the future. Or anything like that. She's just like, oh, I'm happy now. I'm kind of just going to do my thing and be happy. Because that's cool. Yeah, it makes me really sad that Kara wasn't in the finale. The yeah, more and more. But again, but again, everybody said that he had to beat it by himself. I know, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have mind her have yeah. leaving way through, like her staying for the wedding and then leaving after that. Yeah, exactly. But that's just me. Yeah. The worst is them not knowing she left. Clark knew. True. But he was about the only one. <laughs> Can I? And I do. I I really love some of these outer space shots yeah especially the legion one great well i mean even in this end discussion they're kind of they it's funny to see how they seem almost comfortable there yeah like it's all like some of the shots of kara it almost feels like she's just sitting up there just kind of chilling kind of that's just cool like to be kryptonian and be able to do that no for sure yeah, and also it kind of is a visual indicator that she's now comfortable in her own skin and with her powers. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Because the one in the new 52 has a long way to go. Uh, yep. And it's a little messed up in the head. But anyway, shall we move on to Hollow? Yes. Hollow, or let's see Lex get beat up. Yes. With uh, what? Uh, issue 54 digitally? Yes. Issue 54 of Hollow. Right. So take it away with the summary. As Tess settles into her new life as a purely digital being, she needs to make some adjustments. Emil Hamilton and his colleagues at Star Labs try to ease the way, but Tess's obsession with Lex doesn't leave much room for anything else. And the subtitle for this episode is going to be called Let's Get Crazy. Tess Some Clothes. How do we do? Oh no! I don't. I don't think we have to really go into too much detail with this arc. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? Tess, she just she doesn't consider herself human anymore because so she's she a computer like Cortana and Halo, or as I call her in my Smallville reviews, Cortessa. Cortessa, yes. But yeah. I, I hope so, everyone remembers that because that was a while ago when yeah. they made her a computer system. So. She basically and, was know, in Lex's head, got taken out of Lex's head, got made into a computer system. Yeah. You know, this is, the one thing I can find to complain about with Smallville Season 11 is that Tess is in this book. I really don't like the fact that she's in it. Her haunting Lex, that was one thing. That was interesting, and if they had done it more like how they did with Lex's mother and Lexmas in Season 5, yeah. I would have been all over it. But I didn't like that it was actually Tess, or at least uh, her memories and consciousness, kind of like Jor-El, because technically speaking, if you look at what she did to Lex in the finale before she died, it makes no sense. What, what and makes I just, no sense? The fact that her consciousness was traveled from her yeah. body to Lex's, because she was wearing gloves when she put this stuff on Lex's face. Her skin wasn't even in contact with him. But but you're good. I mean, you're good with the actual stabbing of Lex. I mean, that she didn't stab Lex. Uh, Lex stabbed her. But Tess. the actual racing, yes. With you're you're cool with Tess going in there 
kind of racing yeah. his memory just yeah, not yeah, to yeah. touch us this thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm cool with the whole idea of the memory racing uh, oil or whatever it was. Yeah. But not cool with Tess still being alive in his mind and now as a computer because of it. Because it just seems ridiculous. It's something they would have never done on the show. Yes. And I, I don't know. Maybe this was just me. Actually, I know it's not just me. Mark Pritchard feels the same way. The guy who generally does the Smallville Season 11 episodes or reviews, I should say. But so I, you feel I like they should have just let Tess die? I feel it was better for her character. Because now I feel that so. her character's ruined and tarnished and stomped on. Where she had a great redemption story. She did what she needed to do to keep Superman alive and to yeah. keep Superman going. And she really helped herself in the Clark. And well, I feel explain why she wasn't in the comics. Right. I mean, exactly. I know it's an Elseworlds story, but you know what I mean? Exactly. And I, and I agree. And I agree. So I, I don't know. I just, I don't like the idea of her being in this book, especially as a computer. Just it's too sci-fi for me for Smallville. And it just doesn't make sense. Well, and is the response to this because everyone was mad. She didn't get a funeral. Cause the characters didn't really get a chance to mourn her death. But I would have been fine with them doing a funeral in this book. Yeah, in the opening. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, I don't feel anyone needed to really mourn her death. I felt everyone understood. I, I didn't need a Hawkman funeral. I didn't need a Lex funeral. I didn't need a Lionel funeral. I didn't need a funeral. And I think that's why they didn't do it in the finale episode. Exactly. They're like, we. I, I think we've explain what she did her sacrifice god i mean i you could pretty much assume that clark eventually would know about it yeah for sure yeah and, I, I agree and even if they wanted in guardian and throughout smallville season 11 to have clark at odds with lex because he knows that he was behind yeah tessa's death i would have been fine with that i just didn't want tessa around yeah because i felt it ruins that sacrifice and it ruins it actually kind of ruins the finale for me a little bit. Yeah, and now they're kind of doing this thing now with Emil showing up to talk to Tess in this book that he thinks she's going crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I feel like this is just Smallville done this before yeah. with the Luthers. And, you know, I liked the idea... And it's not, and it's not really in this chapter. It's in the next chapter. But I did like the idea of Tess being able to control technology. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. But that still doesn't, that still doesn't cut it for me. I'm still not liking that she's in this book. And really, just as much as Supernatural season six through, well, I guess nine now, feels like a what if. To the rest of the Supernatural Universe, Smallville yeah. Season 11 kind of feels like a what-if to the Smallville Universe. Well, and the other thing is, Tess eventually has to die at some point. I just feel yeah. like you're prolonging the death. Yeah. Because I feel like at the end of this, I don't. it's very likely that she could go crazy trying to kill Lex. Because they have to take her offline. And, you know, and if that's what they do, that really hurts Tess Mercer for me. Because yeah. I really expected and liked her by the end of the series when I didn't at first. And I think this would make me go right back to where I thought about her at the beginning of season eight. And I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I, I like I like where Emil's story is connecting to this. But couldn't they have done this with, the, like, a computer program he created? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, like, didn't his wife die or something? Yeah. Like, what if they did a plot line where it was, like, he put his wife's personality into the computer system? Yeah. Because that's what yeah. the story was about. I agree. Like, that would have been interesting, and that makes sense for a, a meal story. And even if you had his wife be killed by Lex Luthor for some reason, you could still do this story with that character. Right. 
this story really isn't exclusive to Tess. As you see at the end of chapter, uh, or issue 54, chapter one, Apollo, Lex gets beaten up by old employees just because he fired them. Anyone could really be Tess in this situation. Well, everyone beats up Lex Luthor. That's just a thing that happens in a small little episode. Right. Um, I had you... well, a funny story about watching Smallville. I had a friend of mine that would say God, Lex would get whooped in every episode. And he would like try to call when the moment would happen. Or who was going to beat up Lex. And so it's just funny seeing these scenes where Lex just gets the crap beat out of him again. Because it reminds me of that that those those bets he used to make. Like, you'd yeah. watch the episode and be like, okay, that character is going to whoop Lex. He's going to beat him upside the head or something. Yeah. And so I just, now, I the, just laugh about that. Now, the interesting part about this story, the part I really do like about Hollow so far, and this is just me, Dan, and you can go wherever you want after this, I really like that Lex is starting to figure out what happened with the Earth to Queen Industries' rocket. Oh, I like that. I like that. I mean, that goes into the next issue, but I guess we'll just slam them together. Yeah, why not? Okay, because they kind of pertain to each other. I do really like that. I like how uh, he's going to go and rob Star Labs instead of just ask them for stuff. Right. That's just classic Lex Luthor. But again, I think that may end up turning out to be stupid because I think it's going to tick off. Uh, test because cause the process of the old may almost get hurt or something or shot or something. Yeah. He's going to end up in the hospital, you know, nah. like most small, supporting small male characters. And he won't be able to work on himself. Right. And then Tess will be the one who whoops Lex in the, the next issue. <laughs> yes. Because someone just has to beat him up in every story. So... Yeah, I I don't know, but I do like the uh, the idea of him figuring it out, kind of what his reaction is going to be once he figures out just how dire the situation is. Right. God, he's going to blame somebody for not telling everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I just, I just like that he's getting involved in this plot line because I want to know what his role in the crisis is. Exactly. Yeah, me too. And if he meets an alternate version of himself, somehow. No, because Earth to him is dead. Why well, would you say maybe from another Earth? Oh, okay. Or something like that. It would be kind of interesting. interesting to see him meet an alternate version of himself. Yeah, and then kill him. Yeah, because like Lex's story has been so about the road not traveled. That would be interesting for him to see someone that you know went actually went down the good path, like he originally wanted to do. Yeah, so that that might be a fun side story, I'd say. Yeah, and speaking of side stories or side stuff going on. I really like what they're doing with Otis's loyalty to Lex. Yeah. That's good. That's good so far. Got him getting the psychiatrist for Lex and stuff. Yep. Um, I, I just, I, I like that there's still, no matter how bad he gets, there's still someone that cares about him. Cause that's interesting. Yep. And it's a, a very, I have to give Brian credit, because it's a very modern day telling. Of who Otis would be. Of who Otis would be and of the bumbling henchman. The bumbling henchman, I should say. Yeah, I said henchman. It's weird. Minion. Yeah, but still, it, it was, yeah, a new version of the minion or bumbling henchman, because probably the bumbling henchman is just a complete idiot. Yeah. This is a caring, bumbling henchman, which is a new way to tackle that scenario. Exactly. And is that psychiatrist Tammy? 
Is she a reference to somebody? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I was trying to figure that out myself, but I, I, I like, just don't. Is this an Easter egg or what? Okay. And then Tess talking about Tess real quick because I know you touched upon it. What's her saving the girl? Yes. And using her I... control over technology to manipulate a crane and a helicopter and stuff to save a girl out from a burning building. Yep. Was there anything you wanted to elaborate on that one, Michael? No, not really. I mean, I just really liked that if you're going to have this character in this book, the character who I really do not want in the book, at least you're not just lollygagging her. You're giving her something to do and you're giving her a purpose. Yeah. Instead of trying to be like that guy in the Target episode of Superman the Animated Series. Trying to put yeah. someone in a death trap. Right. Because isn't that what right. she's trying to do, remind you of that episode? Yeah. Instead of it being Lois Lane, the guy she's... Tess is doing it with Lex Luthor. It's basically like Saw. Yeah. And she keeps trying to go at him. Oh, no. It's like that episode of Smallville. The yes. Saw episode. Mercy. Mercy, yes. God, I don't know why Smallville keeps referencing Saw. That guy was in uh, Man of Steel. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was the uh, Ludlow, the uh, truck driver guy who Clark impounds his truck with. Yes. It was great. That was very funny. Um, and the other thing, I I like with Tess how she's on the fence between good and evil here. Because she wants to do the bad thing and take revenge on Lex, but she also wants to be a hero at the same time. Yeah, I feel that that's... That's a line that Batman is currently on, I think, in this universe, and I think Oliver in the on the Arrow TV show is too. I don't think you can do both. No, and I, I, th- I think in terms of Batman in this universe and then Oliver on Arrow, I think they're going to go, end up falling on the side of good. Tess, yeah, I'm and not I'm, so sure. And even though with Batman in the com- in the regular comics... He is more so a hero than anything else. Yeah. Yes, he started his mission out of vengeance and wanting revenge, but he quickly realized that the two couldn't coexist. And he realized that when he started training with people who thought they could handle both and ended up becoming a villain instead of a hero. Right. Kind of like Rachel Ghoul or Henry Ducard, the nobody arc from Batman and Robin. Right. But again, you, you have to understand, Tuss, I like it. God, I liked it when they did it in season 10. But essentially, yeah. the end of season ten resolved it. So right. Why? We're, yeah, we're going backwards again. Oh, that's a little nasty conundrum. Brian got himself in there. Ooh. Yeah, I know. God, I don't know. Was he told he had to use Tess? I doubt it. I think that okay. was more his than anything else. Okay. I think he was maybe told not to use Oliver because of Arrow, right. but I don't think they would tell him to use Tess because Tess isn't in anything. Right. It's, it's just a character to work with. Right. I think that's more of what it was. Can I understand if they try to do it, you know, to keep Cassidy Freeman on the show or something, but there's no Cassidy Freeman to worry about anymore with this. Right. She's moved on. She's on a different show. And yes. I think everyone watching Smallville should move on from Tess. Yes. Or reading Smallville now, I should say. Yes. Should move on. I, I just don't think she's needed. Well, I, I never really thought she was needed on the show at all. But that's just me. I I didn't either, but I felt that she gained her spot. She had a purpose. Yeah. And it was done really well on the show. Here, yes. not so much. When, when I first heard she was introduced, I was like, I don't know. Why do we need this? But she did fill the void left behind with Lex well, yes. I agree. And that stuff. But I think her role is done now because Lex is back. Right. I agree. Yeah. So that's just that's just our opinion. If you guys love Tess and you love what they're doing with Tess in the book, awesome. I'm glad someone is. But for us, not so much. Right. Again, you could read more about that on the Superman homepage. Click Actually, Michael's you review. can because I do a whole rant about it. But yeah. Michael's angry reviews. 
Because no, it wasn't. I still gave the I still gave the issue four stars. I just I just had to explain this is not going to be my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I feel you. But hey, it is what it is. Can I think that sums everything up for today? For yep. our talking, it was a good discussion though. Got some good Absolutely. thoughts out there and some good ideas after come we got our uh, sea legs straight here. Okay, it's been a while, <laughs> so we had to get back on track, but. We're good now. We got we got it together. So, Michael, I guess tell everyone what we're going to do on our next episode. I know we talked about it at the beginning, but it never hurts to give everyone a reminder. Absolutely, Dan. On the next episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will be covering the first two episodes of the DC Nation block on Cartoon Network's newest hit series, replacing Green Lantern, the animated series, Beware the Batman, which are actually... Pretty good so far. So we look forward to covering that on our next episode. With that, we will be covering the latest two episodes of Teen Titans Go, which have been replacing Young Justice, which for a comedy show is quite hilarious. After after that, we will be covering the latest Marvel Season 11 arc, a.k.a. episode entitled Olympus, which will be the debut of Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, into the Smallville universe. Wonder Woman! Yeah, so we'll probably be probably be covering two issues of that too, right? The two two yes. uh, episodes of and issues of everything will be covered on the next episode, which will probably be released in two or three weeks. Yes, Michael's going to be in his satin tights, fighting for our rights to review Wonder Woman just for you. Yes. Yes. And don't worry, our Comic Con episode will probably be right after that. Yes. Or possibly the same week. Or possibly the same week. So it depends. But for DC information, keep your eye on the ATA Facebook and Twitter. Because we will be giving you um, updates from Comic-Con on those pages. Absolutely. And you can also check out our other podcasts we've got on this fun site until we come out with more DC Nation. And we've got the regular Across the Airwaves, which covers just about everything on TV, all the live-action shows that are airing from about fall to May. Um, Right now, ATA is covering uh, Continuum, Falling Skies, Warehouse 13, and Defiance, because those are the shows we watch over the summer. But, of course, in the fall, you know that we cover a majority of the network shows and some big cable shows that are out there. And across the airwaves, next episode, the next episode but the episode after that, we'll be covering Comic-Con, that we will re- be reviewing all the panels that took place at Comic-Con um, for the various TV shows that we cover. So keep an eye out for that. And also, we've got It's Tangent Time. Coming. Yeah. It's Michael's podcast with Woo. We just did a third episode recently. It was awesome. And, and what's your podcast about, Michael, just to sum it up for everybody? Just about anything Woo and I want to talk about. So on our latest episode, we talk about Marvel Phase 2. We talk about Power Rangers. We talk about Star Trek, uh, Arrow, Supernatural, Summer Glow. We talk about a lot. So Yes, wherever Woo takes you. Actually, that's kind of true. Yes. God, the Summer Glow stuff is pretty hilarious. Yeah, the stuff was probably the best part of the episode, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Please don't kill Arrow, that's all I have to say. Yep. But speaking of Arrow, we have Logball Hunters, the Arrow podcast. Yes. And that's on hiatus right now. Right. But we'll be back but, soon, right? Yes, because we're going to be doing a Comic-Con episode, just like ATA, just like us here at DC Nation. We're going to be doing a Comic-Con episode of Longbow Hunters. In, I think, two to three weeks, something like that. And we're going to be doing that on, uh, obviously, the Arrow panel at Comic-Con and all the news that comes out of that. So we're hopeful hopeful to uh, get a lot of information this year. Yep, they're going to be sharing you all the big news on Arrow Season 2. Season 2. Yes. Which their podcast will be covering this fall. Yep. Good we're looking stuff. forward to it. And also, I'll quickly mention that our site is an affiliate to dcentertainmentshop.com so while visiting our website at www.acrosstheairways.com come click the big banner of Batman on the left hand side come by clicking that beautiful banner come you will go to dcentertainmentshop.com and if you buy something through that website come any you know comic books or any cool DC stuff come part of the money will go to ATA 
Cobb, to keep our podcast on the air. So if you could do Buy that, it would be much appreciated. Buy Arrow Season 1 through there in September. Yes, for sure. Yes, we could do that Back there. And if you don't watch Arrow, guys, and you listen to us here at the DC Nation podcast, if Wu and I didn't have Longbow Hunters the Arrow podcast, we would be covering Arrow here. Yes. It just... That's how it would have worked because we're all about DC stuff here on the DC Nation podcast, but we do redirect you there. Um, definitely, definitely watch Arrow if you haven't, and buy buy season one in September on either Blu-ray or DVD. Buy it through our site if you can. That'd it's be awesome. Fun, fun, fun. It's oh my gosh! It's it is literally like that show has some of the best action sequences I've ever seen on television. Yes, sir. And it's great DC content with great DC characters and Easter eggs. So definitely check that out if you're a fan of DC Comics. And some people that have been on the podcast have even said that they handle the storylines better than Man of Steel. Well, it's not completely false. So it's really, it's good quality movie stuff. It really, it really does feel like a movie on TV every week. Yep. And also, if you'd like to talk with us about maybe why you should be watching Arrow or you know, what we talk about here on the podcast or any of your predictions for Smallville Season 11 or more, you could contact us in a variety of ways by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com and there you can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com you can also join our Facebook you can like our Facebook page and by doing that, you can follow all the movie and TV news that Nico reports on during the week. Yeah, that's my co-host on the Across the Airways podcast. He puts all sorts of news up there. Got also you can stay updated. Got our podcast episode releases. Got for that same content, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is Across the Airwaves. There's no thought there. It's just Across the Airwaves. Or you can join our circle on Google Plus. Also, if you'd like, you can leave us a voicemail uh, with any of your thoughts on anything we cover. Uh, and what Number, can you call to do that, Michael? One seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. Can we also have a YouTube channel for our podcast? Can soon to be appearing on our YouTube channel will be all the panels for all the shows that we cover through Comic Con. So keep an eye on YouTube. Will do. Can also for you listeners, if you want to help us out, come and direct us to where we can find. Uh, good videos of the panels to put up on our uh, site or the YouTube channel. Feel free to let us know as well. I really want to see that X-Files 20th anniversary panel. Like, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. So if someone can find that for me, It'll be up there at some point. It eventually will. Okay. Most of the film companies are pretty good at getting their panels online now. The official website does it. Awesome. It may take a week or so, but yeah, they do that. So Good for dinners. all that stuff, we're going to be posting that on our YouTube channel. We're going to make a playlist for it called, called Comic-Con 2013, which I need to set up. That'll be set up as of tomorrow after us recording today. So that should be okay. there when you guys check it out. Uh, by recording, by the, the release of this recording, it should be there. And also, uh, got our YouTube channel. We have all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming movies that are coming out. Got the summer movies that have already been released. And so since most of them have been released now, come basically just check out the new trailers for The Wolverine, which comes out very soon. Yes. It's like an excellent film. But if you don't want to go back through our podcast for all the ways you can contact us, come, you can download our podcast box app, which will let you listen to and contact our podcast through your iPad or iPhone. And if you're on an Android or Windows device, you can download now our Android app, got our Windows app which are both available through the Amazon Marketplace. So once again, for our ATA core members, Nico Reifstek, Andy Lamacht, and Wu Kim, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we will catch you on the airwaves. See you guys. Have a great week, and I really hope uh, you enjoy all the Comic-Con stuff coming out. Get me where the Batman is. So watch it. See you guys.
lifts, man. We now return to our regularly scheduled program.